We're in a series that we started last week called Next Level. And I was telling you how God is calling us to go to the next level in different areas of our lives, all right? And uh, as I was uh, getting this morning ready and praying, you know, I was talking to my brother Lewis back there, and we're both basketball fans. We love basketball, and I'm enjoying the finals, even though I'm not enjoying the outcome, but I'm enjoying the finals, all right? I'm going for the team that is losing, all right? And... Uh, I think about us being in the month of June, all right, and now officially all the kids are on vacation, all right? We are in June. We're in the middle of the year. We're six months into the year, all right? It's going by quickly. And when we talk about a series of going to the next level, I want you to take a moment and look back at maybe how we started the year. You know, some of the things that you had in mind, some of the promises that you made to God, some of those New Year's resolution, we all know what we're talking about, right? We're like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Now we're six months into it, and maybe this conversation this morning is like a halftime speech, all right? Maybe we're going into the locker room right now, and we're like down like 40 points, all right? And we're here, and I'm like, hey, guys, let's go. We could still do it. Six more months to go. Come on, let's go strong. Let's go. We decided we were going to do this. Let's go after it. Let's rise it up to the next level. You see, there's teams that go into halftime and they're down 10, 15, 20 points. And all of a sudden, the third quarter comes in and you see them make a run. And you see them go after it. And by the time the fourth quarter comes around, there's people that tell me, I don't watch basketball games till the fourth quarter. And I'm like, why? And he goes, because at the end of the day, in the fourth quarter, it's always by two, three, four points. What happened? Usually a team makes a run. Why? Because at halftime, they get a speech. They get fired up. They get pumped up. Well, this is your halftime speech, church. We got to go to the next level. God is calling us to go to the next level. He doesn't want us to stay where we're at right now. Because where we're at might not be working too good for us at the moment. Some of us might be in certain situations and going through things in life. Let me tell you, God didn't create you for that. He wants you to rise up to the next level. And today we're going to talk a little bit about this, and I'm really not coming to preach to you today. Today is really more of a, of a devotional theme that I want to share with you guys. And last week we were talking about, you know, next level faith. Today I want to talk to you about next level dependence. Next level dependence. God is calling us to depend on him to a next level. You see, sometimes we've gotten into trouble because we're trying to do life on our own. We're trying to do life on our own strength. We're trying to do life how mom and pop taught us. You know, last night I was watching a funny movie with the kids, a movie that I saw many years ago in the theater called The Water Boy, all right? And I was watching that movie with Adam Sandler many years ago, all right, one of his first movies. And every time he was like, oh, mama said this and mama said that. And all the time he was wrong about what he was saying. And the professor in college tells him, your mama was wrong. Now, he gets mad at the professor in college. But I'm going to tell you something. Some of the things that we've ran our life by have gotten us to a mess. And maybe we've been wrong about a few things. Maybe we've been wrong about a few things, and God is today telling you, you know what, I need you to go to the next level of dependence on me. Don't go by what your feelings tell you. Don't go by what your emotions tell you. Not even about what your thoughts tell you. We're going to look about that in a second. But God is saying, come on to me. 
depend on me, trust in me. You see, this last few month and a half, being the pastor of this church, you know, I've heard a lot of situations that many of you in this room and people that are watching online and others that will be coming to the next service are going through. Very tough situations. We're going through, through situations of, of people, you know, that are dealing with depression, deep depression. Some people are going through clinical depression and sometimes we, honestly, as Christians, we think that it is all spiritual and we understand that. But we also need to understand that there's a clinical side to some of the things. And sometimes we are dealing with some chemical imbalances in our head that are affecting our behaviors and those that are around us. I was talking to a doctor not too long ago, and he was telling me about women when they go through menopause. And they're telling me about, you know, all their system and emotional system and all the things that are going on inside of them. And he was telling me about this pastor in specific that he was dealing, his wife going through menopause, and he sent her to deliverance. He sent her to a retreat. He sent her to this. And every time his woman comes back the same, and he's like, God is not listening. And he goes, no, don't worry. Your wife is just going through menopause. You should have just saved all that money. Don't worry about it. She's just going through a hormonal change. Boy, I'm glad I'm hearing that now. <laughs> I've saved some money and time and frustration. But there are some people going through depression, deep sadness, some are going through economic situations where they can't seem to make it and day to day they're struggling to make it and you get a job for about 10, 15 days, you lose that job. Some are going through marriage issues. Some are going through sicknesses, incurable sickness. I've been praying for people I feel these last few months more than ever, I'm like, does everybody that I know dealing with cancer or something like that? You know, it's just constantly a bombarding, you know? Some of you guys are having problems with your children. Some people here in this church, even in the last, you know, few weeks have suffered the death of a loved one. And, and as I am getting ready to come up here and, and, and speak to you, let me tell you, these are all very difficult situations. You know, and I could come up here and give you a beautiful sermon. I could come up here and give you a one, two, three point sermon and you go, oh yeah, point one, point two, point three. But the question is, is that really helping you on your day to day? When you're in the middle of the fire, you're in the middle of the situation, what do you hold on to? The only thing that I could tell you today as a pastor, as a man of God, as a son of God, the only one you can hold on to is Jesus Christ. That's the only one. Depend completely on God. Don't depend on a formula. Don't depend on this. Don't depend on Hold on to God. And don't let go. Because a lot of times it seems like it's easy to let go and just say, you know what, I'm going to, it's my way or the highway. I'm taking off. Don't let go. Hold on to God. Hold on to the promise. For he who promised, the Bible says, is faithful. Hold on. Hold on for dear life. The wind might be blowing in your direction, man. Just even if you have a little limb, okay, and you're holding on to that, you're about to be blown away. Just hold on. And one of the things that we learn in the middle of all this, and, and I know we all know this, all right, but it becomes more real. 
okay, is how frail life is. How frail life is. That's probably like my first point. If you're going to break down this into points, I'm not here to give you points today. But I'm here to tell you that life could change in an instant. Life could change in a moment. You could be on your way, you know, to a vacation and you get in an accident and the vacation is gone. You might be having the best of your days and you get a phone call and it's over. You see, life is frail, okay? Life is frail. It changes quickly in an instant. You think the weather changes quick in Miami? (laughs) In a moment, it's all sunny and nice, and all of a sudden, you see thunderstorm, and then after a while, they leave, and then it's back sunny again. You think that's quick? Well, let me tell you something. Life will move on us even quicker, okay? You go to the doctor, The doctor gives you a report, and what you hear is like, what in the world happened? You get home, and you find maybe a note on top of the table, or you get a text, and your life is constantly changing. The book of Job, chapter 14, verse 1 and 2, Job knew a little bit about this. He went through a couple of issues. You want to read the book of Job, you'll see a guy that went through some stuff. And he says the following, he says, how frail is humanity? How short is life? How full of trouble? We blossom like a flower and then wither. Like a passing shadow, we quickly disappear. So he's talking about how frail everything is and how quick everything is moving. And part of that frailty comes from the point that we live in a fallen world, church. All right? We live in a fallen world. Now, I'm here to tell you some stuff that maybe you already know, but maybe in the midst of this, uh, 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 we forget, okay? But Jesus said that in this world, we're going to have affliction. We're going to have problems. We're going to have situations. We're going to have hard moments that we're going to go through, all right? And as Christians, I want to tell you, okay, that your final victory is not this side of heaven. We get victories in this life, but your final victory is not this side of heaven. I want to tell you that. Some of us demand for justice, and we want justice. Well, you might get justice from a judge, but you're not going to get the final justice Here, on this side of the sun, we're not going to get it. Order, complete peace. You want, oh, I want peace, I want. Oh, Jesus gave us his peace, and we could have peace through situation. But complete peace? Well, we're not going to have it this side of heaven. You see, we're constantly facing situations, not having more pain. You know, I was going up through some steps back there to get this whole thing. It's three steps to get into that sound booth. And each of those steps felt like longer and longer this morning. I was like, man, even my knees are cracking. You know, it's like, what in the world is happening? You know, age, it comes upon us. And pain, and your body starts breaking down. And I believe in divine healing. I pray for healing. Okay, but some things, we're not going to get to the side of heaven is the reality okay this side of heaven we can't say we're not going to face death anymore we're not going to face death anymore the other day i was talking to my kids and i don't know where they came with this whole thing but they're like daddy you know 
we don't want you to die. And I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> no, don't worry, I'm not going anywhere right now. At least I don't have a plan to go anywhere. I got a couple of trips, but other than that, you know. And I'm like, now, the reality is that one day you guys will be all grown up. And I tell them, and you guys will be married. And, you know, they're still a little like, ew, you know, I don't want to get married. It's like horrible, you know. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, I want to have grandkids, I tell them, you know. So don't, don't dismiss that. And I'm like, but the day will come when that's it. My time on this earth will be gone. You see, final victory over death. The Bible talks about when we get our resurrected bodies and we'll have that victory. So we're frail. We live in a fallen world. And I want you to think about this, how broken humanity is. Because humanity is broken, hanging by a string on the mercy of God. When I hear about school shootings, and when I hear about all these crazy things that are going on, I'm like, boy, we're broken. We are broken. We are messed up. And you and me, okay, one time I heard a pastor that he was visiting somebody in jail. And he was talking to this inmate and the inmate was telling the pastor, oh, you know, you know you're a man of God. You know, you're a holy person. What are you doing here? And the pastor told him, hey, 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 the only difference between you and I is that you've done the things I've thought about. Think about that for a moment. The only difference between the guy sitting in jail and him, he told the guy, is that you've done the things that I've thought about. We're all fallen. The Bible calls it total depravity. That's a theological term for it. We're all in some sort of depravity, human nature. It's a fallen, broken nature. And we go through these situations and no one is spared. The pain, the struggle, the questioning. I want to tell you something. Sometimes we question. We question God. We question people. We question those that are closest to us. There's moments when things fall apart. There's moments when life leaves you without any answers. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the best of us most of the time. Listen to this. We feel that we're the only ones going through those tribulations. Because the enemy wants you to feel isolated. Pay attention. He wants you to feel that you're the only one that is suffering. You're the only one dealing with this pain. You're the only one that is going through this issue or that issue. And I want to tell you something because this is important, okay? The enemy will try to isolate you, get you by yourself. And if he isolates you, let me tell you something. He's going to have a number on you, all right? It's like when you look at those, man, I love those animal shows like Animal Planet, you know, and, and, and I was looking at one yesterday about, you know, the ocean and stuff like that. And I was looking at the killer whales and how the killer whales, they'll come and they'll go after a dolphin or another whale. And what they try to do is that they try to separate the calf from the mother. And they'll make a circle around it and they'll, they'll start, they'll try to separate the one that is little, the one that is weak, the one that is broken, so that they could do their thing. And as I was looking at that, I'm like, that's exactly what the enemy does. He tries to make us feel alone. 
He tries to make us feel isolated. He tries to make us feel that we're the only ones that are going through issues and problems. And Peter, led by the Holy Spirit, talks about this in the Bible in 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9. He tells you something so powerful here. He goes, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What do the lions do? They try to separate the animal from the rest of the pack. If they get to separate him, then they get their victory. He goes, stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember, pay attention to this, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kinds of suffering that you are. What Peter says is that you're not the only one. Your brothers and sisters around the world are going through similar issues. It might not be the same problem, but we're frail. We live in a fallen world. We depend on God's mercy. You're not the only one going through something. We all are. And what Peter is saying, let's stand firm. Let's come together because we win when we're together. You see, I love the slogan of the Golden State Warriors. It goes stronger, okay, in numbers. I love that, strength and numbers. When we stay together. You see, last week, for example, we had to sign up for the small groups. And it's only six weeks, and it's only during the summer. But if you're going through a situation, this is the perfect moment for you to find out out there in one of those tables, what small group can I be a part of? Because I don't want to handle this by myself. I don't want to be fighting on my own. I need a couple of guys. I need a couple of women that can speak faith to me. I need a couple of people that can raise my arms. I need a couple of people around me to help me win right now. And you might be here and you're like, I'm not going through nothing. You still need a small group. <laughs> Why? Because we were meant to do life in community. We're not called to be isolated. We're called to live in community. We have victory when we come together. So I want you to check that list. And I want you to sign up for a small group during the summer. And all this that I've shared with you so far takes me to the point of saying how great our dependence of God needs to be. How great. We all need to take our dependence on God to the next level. All of us. There's nobody here that can say, hey, Pastor, I reached it, man. I'm at the pinnacle. I'm at the top. I made it to the Mount Everest, you know, of my Christian walk. You know, there's still greater level of dependence. Areas that we, 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 we need to come to God. You see, at the end of the day, he is the one that is almighty. He is the one that is all powerful. He is the one that is all good. Let me tell you something. We have a good father. He's a good father. The Bible says that his plans for us are what? We said it a little while ago. What were his plans for us? Good plans. What happens? Very simple. God has good plans. He puts us in a broken world. 
and we have our own choices. Good plans from a good father, broken world, we have our own choices. Sometimes those choices, if we are not together with God, we'll hit a couple of bumps along the road. We're going to hit the bumps along the road even if we make good or bad choices because we're in a fallen world. Now, if we don't make the right choices, it's going to be a lot bumpier. Make sense to anybody? But our God, he's a good God. He's a good father. And he takes the situations that the Bible says that all things work together for good. Even if you take off on the wrong direction, somehow, some way, God says, okay, let me try to see how I can steer this back into the purpose and plan that I have for this guy. Now, some of us are having God and the angels working overtime. <laughs> you know, some angels on us are doing like 60 hours a week, you know, instead of 40. Like, oh, yeah, you have them angels running around, man. Those guys, when you get to heaven, take a, a 12-pack of Gatorade. You're going to have to give some Gatorade to some angels. Like, hey, guys, you know, I know how <laughs> you're running around. and do it. Look at Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27 through 31. As I was thinking about all these situations that I've told you I've been facing as a pastor, even today, at 6 o'clock I have a funeral to conduct of a 37-year-old young man that decided not to go any longer with his life. 37 years old. His wife, 40 years old, graduating from her master's this week, and the same week she's walking with her master's, her husband took her his life. And this young lady just finished giving her life to the Lord here about five weeks ago. Palm Sunday, she gave her life to Jesus in this place. So what did she do? She came looking for the pastor of the church where she gave her life to Jesus to try to make sense of what's going on in her life right now. So today at 6, I would rather be preaching to you guys. But I'm going to have to be in front of a casket of a 37-year-old. I'm getting sick and tired of standing in front of people with so much life ahead of them. 37 years old, do you imagine that? So much life ahead of you. So as I've been thinking about all these things, I got to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 27. And instead of Jacob, just put your name. As you start reading this verse, just put your name there at the beginning. Okay, Chris, Gabby, whatever it is. How can you say that the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? You see, what these people were saying is like, God, you're not paying attention to me. You're not hearing me. You're not seeing my affliction. You're not paying attention to what I'm going through. Have you never heard or have never understood The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. And then I love this part here. It says, he never grows weary, weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. How do we feel when we face situations like this? We feel powerless. We feel weak. If you ever got into a fight, Okay, maybe back in your days in high school and stuff like that, you know, when you're in middle school and you're trying to act tough, you know, you're trying to build a reputation and your identity and you don't want people to mess. And, man, one day I got, 
I got sucker punched in my stomach. Man, I stayed without air. What it seemed, it was seconds, but it seemed like I couldn't breathe for like hours, you know? Like, you know, and I'm gasping for air. Life will do that to you. It will hit you and it will leave you without air and you'll stay without strength and you'll feel weary. But look at what God says. He never grows weak nor weary and he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Why do I need a God that doesn't grow weak or weary? Because I'm weak and I'm weary and I need to have a God that when I'm weak, he is strong. When I don't have an answer, he has all the answers. That's the God that I need to depend on constantly. That's the God that I can't let go. And no one can measure the depths of his understanding, that verse says. In other words, sometimes we don't understand what we're going through. And God says, it's okay. Just let the storm go by. The storm's coming. Have your umbrella handy. There might be some wind along the way. Just hold on. Because he has a greater understanding than we do about the situation we're going through. His understanding has no measure. You see, as you continue reading that verse, God says some crazy things. He says, for example, have you weighed the earth? Do you know how much the earth weighs? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't know how many tons it weighs, but you can't even weigh it because it's suspended, held up. And God starts asking some questions. I'm like, all right, your understanding is a little deeper than mine. <laughs> You know a couple of more things than I do. But then it says, even youth will become weak and tired. This is the hope of every parent. The hope of every parent is that your kids get tired some moment, man. And they become weak. My kids were, my son was in a basketball camp this week. And, and Peter was his coach. And he was in that basketball camp from 8.30 in the morning to 12.30 in the afternoon. And every morning he made me a promise and he was faithful to his promise. He goes, Pastor, don't worry. When he gets home, he's going to be tired. And like, Peter, better fulfill that promise, man. He goes, don't worry. I'm going to run them this morning. On Wednesday, my son got home, and we put lunch in front of him, and he asked the question I had never heard before. He goes, Daddy, do I need to eat this? And I'm like, you don't want to eat, son? He goes, no, daddy, I want to go and take a nap. I'll eat this later. I'm like, oh, my God, it's actually working. He's getting tired. He's getting weary. Let me tell you, he had like three bites, went to sleep. I came back to work, all right, got here to work, like around one something, got home at five, and I asked my wife, where's David? I don't see him. He goes, he hasn't woken up yet. I'm like, praise Jesus, hallelujah. But then I got scared. I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's recovering so much strength right now that when he wakes up, but then I remember, okay, he has basketball camp tomorrow again, you know. It was only a one-week camp. It's over already, so pray for me this week, all right. But it says that even when the youth become weak and tired and the young men will fall in exhaustion, but those who trust in the Lord, those that depend on the Lord, those that rely on the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on the wings like eagles. The, the worship team could come up. And they will run and not grow weary. Well, this is some supernatural strength that he's giving. You'll run and not grow weary. 
and they will walk and not faint. Today I stand here as your pastor, Numa Church, and as your pastor, I'm here to tell you that the Bible says that those that trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will find new strength. The prayer team could come up. The pastors that are here, the people from the ministry team, you guys could come up. And just write these two verses down as we close. Psalm 147, verse 3. It says, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. What a beautiful verse. He heals the brokenhearted. I see God taking his time to heal us, to put a bandage around us. He bandages us to bring healing to our wounds. And, and lastly, Isaiah 43, verse 2. It says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through what church? Deep. When you go through deep. It doesn't say if you go through deep waters. What does it say? When you go through the deep waters. They're coming. They're rising. They're all around us. When you go through the deep waters. Listen to what it says here. I will be with you. And I want to tell you something, church. Look over here. He's in the room right now. We're not talking into the air. We're not talking, listen to this, just about him. When we talk now and we close our eyes, I'm going to say, hey, let's pray. You're talking to him, not about him. I love songs that talk to him. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, they will not drown you. Sometimes it feels like we're drowning, but there's a promise here. They won't drown you. They won't drown you. Somebody needs to capture this in their spirit today. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up, and the flames will not consume you. This is talking about going through trouble, church. This is talking about going through difficult moments. And God is saying, I'm there with you in the middle of all that. That's why dependence is one of our 10 core values here at Numa Church. Because if one thing I've known as a pastor is that I depend completely on him, not only for what I'm going to do, I depend on him to walk, to breathe, to live. I could drop dead right now. It's his goodness that holds me up. His goodness. So I depend on you, Lord. So today we pray and we ask God, oh Lord, show us how to depend more on you more every day, in every situation, in every moment. I want to ask you to close your eyes right there where you're at. This morning, I'm going to make an invitation to you, and that invitation is very simple. That invitation is very simple, and I want to read it over you from Psalm 73, verse 26 to 28. It says, My flesh 
and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far away from you will perish. You destroy all those that are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. What a beautiful verse. For me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. For us, it is good to be near God, to depend on God, to trust in God. So Holy Spirit, I know that you're working upon our hearts right now. And I know that the words, Father God, that I'm speaking bring us back to the truth that yes, this world promises trouble. Yes, we are frail and broken. But it also brings us back to the truth that you're a good father. You're a good father and I could trust in you. You restore my strength when I am weak. You renew my hope, Lord. When I've lost hope, I have a new hope in you. So Holy Spirit, right now, speak to each person that is here. Wherever they may find themselves this morning, Whatever their trouble, their circumstance, their situation in life is. And if they're all good right now, regardless, we could always depend more on you. Thank you, Jesus. Let's take a moment to worship. Let's raise our hands to God. Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray for every person that is in this room right now. Every person that is connected, Lord. Through the different ways, Father God, I pray right now over each life. Each life right now, Lord God, that is under my voice. And I pray, my God, that you will take us to a next level of depending on you, God. Father, tomorrow, Lord God is promised to no one. And we face situations in adversity. But you are the never-changing God. You remain the same. And your word says that you are faithful and you are true and you are good. And you're full of mercy and compassion. And you are our Father. So Father, today we ask you for forgiveness, Lord. For the times that we've thought that we have this whole thing figured out. The times that we've thought that we could do life away from you. The times that we've thought that we've had a good idea and we're going to go after that. And we haven't even consulted you. And then we get into trouble, Lord. Today we ask you for forgiveness. Show us to cling on to you, Lord. Show us to cling on to you, Lord. The same way as an infant depends on the milk that comes from his mom for life. Allow us, Lord God, to depend completely on you. 
Don't let us look to the right. Don't let us look to the left. But that our eyes will be completely on you. Father, all those of my brothers and sisters that are here this morning, that are going through some of these difficult situations that I've mentioned, some of them I've sat with them in private, Lord. Lord, renew their strength. Renew their strength. Give them a new hope today, Lord. A fresh touch from your Holy Spirit. That they will leave this place, like Andres said, with some, a breath of fresh air. Ready to continue fighting. Because you are with them, Lord. Wherever they go. So we trust you, Lord. We trust you, Jesus. And we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Now I want to make an, another invitation this morning as we close. If you're a person that has been coming maybe for a few weeks or months to this place and you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. You see, one of the images that is so powerfully engraved in my mind is that when Jesus died upon that cross, he was nailed with his hands open upon a cross. In other words, He's saying, come to me, come to me. My arms are open. Come to me, and if you come to me, I will not cast you out. You come to Jesus today, and you let him forgive you of your sins and give you a new start to life. The Bible says that if you come to Jesus, you're made a son or daughter of God. Your sins are forgiven, and you start a relationship today with the God that created you for a relationship with him. So if today you want to make that personal, you say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to pray for you. If that's you, can you raise your hand right there where you're at? I want to pray with you. God bless you, my friend. Awesome. Anybody else raises their hand and hide today and says, I want to make that decision as well. Amen. So those people that are raising your hand, I want you to bow your head really quick and just pray this with me and once again you're watching online and you feel you need to make this prayer you pray with me the following prayer in church let's do it together you say lord jesus i come to you today asking you for forgiveness for all my sins today i receive you as my lord and my savior Thank you. Repeat with me. Say thank you for everything that you're doing for me. Jesus, I run into your arms. Make me into a son of God through your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray right now for this man. I pray for this man right now, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because the Bible says there's a party in heaven going on because of the decision that he just made here. Affirm his heart and that he is your son. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.